Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So four subpoenas were just issued by the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol, the insurrection. And these four subpoenas will actually end up answering several questions, both large and small, about where our democracy goes from here. Let's talk about that. Because justice matters. Hey all, Glenn Kirshner here. So we just learned that the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol, the attack on our democracy, has issued four subpoenas for Bannon, for Meadows, for Patel, and for Scavino. Four Donald Trump loyalists, sycophants, and in some instances, criminal associates. These subpoenas conjure up several legal issues, some that have to do with the witnesses themselves, some that have to do with Donald Trump's criminal culpability for the insurrection, but they also conjure up issues of whether our systems and our institutions have learned anything from their past failures. Let's try to unpack all this. And yes, I'm a little excited about this development. It's a good development, and I've had the pleasure now of talking with Joy Reid last night on the readout about it. I just finished with Stephanie Rule again this morning talking about this issue, and I have several appearances scheduled in the next 48 hours. So I'm going to do a quick stream of consciousness and try to unpack all of the issues that are conjured up by these four really consequential subpoenas. First of all, people are wondering about executive privilege. Will the Bannons of the world, the Meadows of the world, try to invoke executive privilege? We've already had Donald Trump say he's going to try to invoke executive privilege. He's going to try to stop this truthful information about his misconduct, his crimes, seeing the light of day. The executive privilege dog won't hunt for three reasons. One, Bannon wasn't even an employee of the federal government at the time these events unfolded. So executive privilege can't apply to the communications between he and Donald Trump. Two, guess who gets to invoke executive privilege at the moment? The current president, Joe Biden. And he's not going to do it to try to cover up Trump's crimes and the crimes of others in inciting the insurrection. And three, if you try to invoke executive privilege to hide misconduct, to keep criminal information from coming to light, 
there's something called the crime fraud exception. You can't do it. So there's three reasons right there that the executive privilege dog won't hunt. Now, here's the next question. Just because executive privilege is a losing argument, it doesn't mean that some people won't run to court and try to make that argument. So here is the next big ticket question. Will the courts continue to allow themselves to be used by nefarious litigants and let them weaponize the delay built into the court process? Like Don McGahn did for two years, he fought, frivolously fought in the courts, having to comply with a lawfully issued congressional subpoena. Will the courts allow themselves to be used again that way? Or will the courts have learned from their mistakes and their failures of the past? You don't have to give somebody two months to file a brief. You can give them two days or two weeks. You don't have to set hearings three months in advance. You can set them three days in advance. And then you can promptly issue a ruling in the case. Let's hope the courts have learned from their mistakes. Has Congress learned from its mistakes? When Congress would issue subpoenas to Trump administration officials previously, you know, these Trump administration officials would just thumb their nose at Congress. They would treat this as, you know, party invitations that they could politely or not so politely reject. And then Congress seemed entirely unwilling to aggressively enforce their subpoenas. Will they have learned from their mistakes of the past? I think they will. And here is what they can and should do if the Mark Meadows of the world or the Steve Bannons of the world just say, I ain't complying with your lawfully issued subpoena. There are three ways for Congress to go about enforcing its subpoenas. One, civil enforcement, which is the Don McGahn route. Let's fight it in court for months or years. That has failed spectacularly. And let's hope Congress jumps right over that vehicle to try to enforce its subpoenas. The second thing it can do, criminal contempt. And it couldn't do that under Donald Trump and under the tenure of Bill Barr as a corrupt attorney general because criminal contempt takes the cooperation of the Department of Justice. They refer the failure of a witness to comply with a subpoena to Congress. I'm sorry, to the Department of Justice. And the Department of Justice goes into court and tries to enforce it with criminal contempt. That is something I am entirely certain Merrick Garland will do and the Department of Justice will do in helping Congress enforce its lawfully issued subpoenas. Bill Barr wouldn't do it because that could have worked to the detriment of his criminal associate, Donald Trump. That's an important tool that Congress now has in its toolbox that it didn't have during the Trump years. And then the third tool it has is the inherent contempt of Congress. The inherent power of Congress to enforce its own subpoenas by imposing fines on those who fail to comply and potentially arresting them until they comply, until they 
testify until they purge the contempt. That hasn't been done since the 1930s, but it is a lawful tool in Congress's toolbox. So Congress, if you're listening, get tough, get aggressive, because this time around, you're seeking to enforce your own subpoenas to try to save our democracy. So Congress, let's get aggressive. Here is the third, I think, and final issue that I wanna try to discuss and unpack a little bit. What happens once the witnesses, Bannon, Meadows, Patel, Scavino, and I'm sure there are more subpoenas to come. What happens when the witnesses actually have their butts in the chair sitting in Congress? They've been placed under oath and they are now being asked questions about the insurrection and Donald Trump's culpability for it. What do the witnesses do? Do they testify and provide truthful information to Congress and by extension, the American people on the, about the attack on our democracy or do they plead the fifth? Do they invoke their Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination? If they're smart and they have smart lawyers, and I'm sure some of them will hire smart lawyers, oh, they will plead the Fifth. Because anything they say under oath before Congress can and hopefully will be used against them in a court of law when they're prosecuted, assuming the evidence supports it, for a seditious conspiracy, for all being in a conspiracy with Donald Trump and others to overthrow our democracy, to help Donald Trump unconstitutionally retain the power of the presidency after he lost spectacularly in a presidential election. So when push comes to shove and their butts are in the chair, I predict they will invoke their Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. And that's fine. Because whereas some people are saying, understandably so, it feels like Congress is doing the job the Department of Justice should be doing in investigating this crime and corruption by Bannon and Meadows and Patel and Scavino and Trump and Giuliani and John Eastman and Jeffrey Clark and Don Jr., etc., etc., etc. I believe the Department of Justice is doing the job. I believe the Department of Justice has already put before the grand jury lots and lots of witnesses on Donald Trump's criminal responsibility for the insurrection. We just haven't heard about it yet. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. So friends, that is a quick stream of consciousness breakdown on the exciting news, the important news of the House Select Committee issuing these four consequential subpoenas and the legal issues that are now conjured up by these four subpoenas. As I say, legal issues large and small, legal issues that go to the heart of how our institutions, of how our systems of government now respond. And boy, do I hope they've learned their lesson from their failures of the past. Congress's failures of the past. The court system's failures of the past. The Department of Justice's failures of the past. Do they have the capacity to learn and to go hard after protecting our democracy? I think they do. I hope they do. Because justice 
matters. Friends, please stay safe. Please stay tuned. And I look forward to talking with you all again tomorrow.